In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to your Wednesday episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. How the heck are you guys? Are you guys good? This is uh, coming from you from Los Angeles, California, where today is opening day. Uh, not of baseball. I don't. I wouldn't know if it was. I don't know when sports seasons are. But today is the opening day where supposedly California or Los Angeles uh, gets back to normal. Is that you... Do not have to uh, wear a mask if you're vaccinated. I think there, you know, it goes business to business. But uh, there is an excitement on the streets. I'm not even joking. I live right off Melrose, and it is, uh, it's really, it is kind of weird. You do feel like a different energy. I need to tell you guys a story about last night. It was really kind of special and cool in regards to the pandemic. Do you guys realize we just went through a pandemic? I always, I, sometimes I'll, I'll remember that and go, oh my God, wait, wait, what was the last year and a couple of months? That's wild, isn't it? We did it. We got through it together. I, I remember, um, I remember sitting at, at my desk that I'm, I'm looking at right now and I would just be working all night on this podcast during the pandemic. And it's kind of what, um, got, I don't know, I don't want to say got me through, but it really, helped because I was so I was so scared of of what was happening I didn't know what was happening and there was so it was just so many bad things and it was just so much silent quietness you know silence you're used to having like a full active life and then to to go from uh, that to just nothing but it really helped talking to you guys uh, the entire time and 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 new listeners I don't know if you you probably don't know because why why would you 
is that when I started this during the pandemic, I started making these supersized episodes. I'm talking like six-hour episodes where I'd have like three guests, a bunch of bits, and I would just make these massive episodes. And uh, then I switched to a daily format. So they're still massive if you played them back-to-back, but it's in in little bite-sized chunks. But uh, and it was just so... Because then I got like... It was like Tuesday nights I would release on Wednesdays, and my computer was like really shitty, and it wouldn't process that much audio. So it was always... You'd get to the end of a, a podcast, and then you'd have to start like processing the audio and it was just like a real gamble if it would actually happen or not if it would actually go through so you'd be at like 4 30 in the morning on your final step and it would just your computer would crash and then I was still working a real job and so that would start at 8 30 and it was uh I managed to make the pandemic um just crazy even in one bedroom you know but now here we are, and we're potentially on the other side of things. I say this as a COVID survivor, as somebody who had COVID over the holidays because of my gosh darn parents, Bill and Becky Bailey. You visit them for the holidays. They uh, they don't get you a lot of Christmas gifts, but they do give you COVID, which uh, did really affect me very badly. And, and I uh, my heart goes out to anybody um, that this has affected because, I mean, it's affected all of us in some ways, but I know some more than others in terms of uh, their health. Uh, people have lost their lives. It's tragic. And and I was just thinking about this in terms of watching the Hus- the Housewife and the Hustler, the Erica Jane, Tom Girardi documentary about uh, we're so fascinated with the Erica Jane aspect of it that sometimes we forget there's actual victims. You know, I think that the same thing about COVID is that, you know, my small life got really turned upside down. But then at least I still have a life for it to be small, <laughs> you know? So anyways, let me tell you the story. And then we're going to get into this podcast because we got a really fucking funny podcast for you today. Um, and we'll, I'll get into the guests in a second, but you guys, I think you're just going to, it's, I had a blast talking to him. You're going to have a blast listening, I think. So anyways, uh, you start to forget that, that, that things are, they're getting back to normal and things are open again. And I know for some areas of the country, I know Arizona has been open for a while where my parents live. So it's always kind of alarming to go back and visit them. But Los Angeles especially has not been like that. So it's, it's been, um, I wouldn't say frustrating, but you do get used to it. So you get used to staying indoors or doing your hike and that's pretty much it every day. And, um, and then, you know, the podcast takes up so much time. So it's like, okay, cool. Uh, but now as things are opening up, I'm like, oh shit, I'm starting to get invited to things again. I'm like, and then you're like, do I really want to do things again? Like, <laughs> wait, did the pandemic give, was the pandemic, did the pan, the pandemic made some points <laughs> the pandemic made some points in that we don't need to go do things. What are we, what are we crazy? We can stay, we have so much good TV to watch you guys. What are we, what are we? ignorant what do we have to go and and sweat in front of a bunch of people well obviously that is what i did last night i had to sweat in 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 a a large group of people without a mask on and uh so what happened was i got invited to the abbey which is the number one not only gay bar in america but bar bar in terms of like pure bar sales i found this out when i used to be a uh, a nightclub manager and the Abbey is the number one dollar for dollar bar um, in just how much money that bar brings in. Um, but anyway, so this was so exciting. Really cool, actually, was at a bunch of Bravo accounts, um, uh, went to the Abbey and they invited me, uh, which was really 
awesome and nice of them. So you had uh, Danielle Hollaback Cards, which I, I, you guys have to know, awesome artist, really funny. Uh, she's awesome. You had Steven Faces by Bravo. You guys know Steven. He's been on the show. Uh, and then you had Christian Gray Snow, who I think uh, his podcast is uh, called Slut Pig. <laughs> I always think I'm going to get in trouble when I say the name. It's called Slut, Slut Pig. The Slut Pig Podcast. So they were already there, and I met up with them, and, uh, and there are a couple other people that didn't have uh, didn't have podcasts or Bravo related pages, but um, it was it was very cool. Like I am not a big uh, nightclub goer. Uh, I know that's shocking to everybody. You're like Ryan. Where do you dance then? Because you seem just by the timber of your voice, you seem like you know how to cut a rug. Thank you. No, I know. Um, so, uh, but it was great. You, I got there, and immediately what hit me was, oh, fuck, I'm going to sweat. It was very steamy in there. Um, that's always, you know, being a, uh, being a, I, I just, I'm a sweater. I just, I can't, I'm so sorry. I know that's uh, disgusting. I'm not proud of myself. It's not something that I like to lead with, but I am aware when I'm going to sweat. And the other thing about sweaters is I also like to bundle up. Like, I was the guy that lived in Arizona, and my dad would make fun of me because I would wear jackets in the summer because I just always wanted protection. Like, uh, the more I can bundle myself in clothes, I feel like it's almost like armor. There's, like, some weird psycho- psychology thing there. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out at some point in my life. But, um, you know, you get in there, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm going to be sweating on people. And I used to do that at, like, concerts all the time without a, a doubt. I mean, there was no fear in my head. Like, it is nice. I, I can't tell if it's my just pure stupidity or or what it is but I you know not once was worried about COVID last night you know like I'm sweating literally openly with everybody and not once once I was like is this safe Uh, how how good does these vaccines work you know um but I will say what was very cool and the whole reason I bring this up was that it was so awesome I was watching uh dudes men girls guys the whole thing get emotional because it was the first time that they could be in a club without masks on. And that, watching that, was beautiful. It was beautiful. You got that sense, you got that feeling that we have come on the other side of something. Like, I know you might be rolling your eyes out there, but no, think about that. Think about the last time, like, you know, when you think about your life and like, I didn't do something huge or like, what have I done with my life? You got through a fucking pandemic. You did something with your life. You got through a pandemic. I mean, you lead with that on your resume. I mean, we got through a pandemic and I'm not saying like everything's perfect. It is obviously not. We will be feeling this for decades to come, obviously. But this first part, we got through this baby. We did this. And I thought that was really cool. And sometimes I didn't stop to even think about that. And when I saw people getting emotional, I was just like, that is, uh, that's pretty cool. And it got me emotional. And I, uh, so where, wherever you guys are, whatever you're doing, I hope we take into, uh, account what we went through. And I hope we appreciate it a little bit more when, we're with our families, and they're bugging us about something that we haven't done. Um, you know, anyway, or when we're with our friends, or when we're able to see concerts again, or go to a movie 
which by the way, I do want to see in the Heights in the movie theater. I know it's on HBO Max. I also want to tell everybody, I hear it's great and go see it in a movie theater if you feel safe and you can, because that's a, uh, a, a Latinx movie and it's very dependent on box office and we want people to be able to tell their stories, right? So that is something we need to throw money at. So if you can go see that in the theaters, but isn't that exciting that we now even have the option to go to movie theaters again? And uh, I hope we've learned something here. I guess only time will tell. But uh, part of me was very excited for the first time, maybe the only time, to be sweating in public and to be spending money on overpriced sugar-free Red Bull vodkas. Yeah, I went sugar-free Red Bull vodka. I wanted to really hit it home that... Uh, I don't want to ever go out ever again. (laughs) Oh, and the other thing, you guys, you're going to freak out. So I get in the Uber. The Uber driver goes, hey, you know, Jennifer Lopez is at uh, the Abbey tonight. I was like, huh? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, dude. And then I get there and Steven and Christian and Daniel, they're all like, yeah, Jennifer Lopez is supposedly coming. And the DJs were just playing like 30 minutes of J-Lo. And I was like, and then in my head, in my little Walter Mitty, like fantasy head, I was like, oh my God, what if Ben Affleck is with her? And then I get in a picture with Ben Affleck and then people open the Daily Mail and they see Ben Affleck doing a, something Ben Affleck-ish. And then you just see me in the background staring. I'm like, that would be the number one dream of all time to be in a Ben Affleck meme. Like, if I could be in a Ben Affleck meme, I would just be like, I quit. I don't, there's not, it's not getting better than this. There is no way that I will ever achieve something better than being in a Ben Affleck meme. And so, but I was even, I was like, oh, I bet he, he, he has, he has his motorcycle and she's on the back of his motorcycle and like, she's whispering into him. She's like, let's get loud. Let's get loud, Ben. And then they pull up and then they're like, oh, my God, Ryan from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And I'm like, oh, my God, stop. I'm here to have a good time. This is not about me tonight, you know. And uh, and then Ben's like, can I talk to you? Could you take it easy on me? And I'm like, dude, we need to laugh right now, right? Like, And he goes, oh, my God, I never thought about it that way. And I was like, dude, no, totally. And I get it. It's not your – I get where I, – I appreciate your sacrifice for what you're doing for us with all the, the dunking and the smoking and all the sad memes and stuff. Just know that we see that, Ben, and we appreciate you. Don't think it. we don't know you're talented because we do. But I, I am saying that maybe now's not the time for Argo. Maybe now's the time for, like, something funny, you know? And that's what I try to do. And he's like, oh, my God, I've learned so much talking to you here tonight at the Abbey. Would you like to hang out with me and Jennifer? And I was like, you know what? I am so busy with the podcast. If I could take a rain check, that would be so amazing. And it just seems like I want you guys to be on solid ground. And it would just be so weird if you guys are hanging out with somebody new like me. And then I also think I would feel pressured to talk about it on the podcast. And he's like, oh, my God, you're so amazing. Like the way you even think about our, our, our privacy and stuff. And I'm like, dude, yeah, I mean, I've got a big mouth. Sure, but people don't realize that I can keep a lot of secrets. I've kept many secrets of many reality uh, star secrets. And he's like, I'm not in a reality show. And I'm like, but you kind of are Ben, because look at it. You're constantly, you're constantly in the daily mail. I think you're calling the paparazzi on yourself, you know? And he's like, Oh my God, you caught onto that. What, what gave you that, that, uh, what gave you that thought? And I was like, well, when you did have the paparazzi the other day of the first kiss, Uh, Jennifer Lopez was giving an okay sign on your shoulder. And he's like, oh my God, you caught that? And I was like, 
I think we all did. And it was like, he was like, yeah, that was the signal for the paparazzi to start taking pictures. And I was like, I know. And he's like, God, you guys are so sophisticated the way you consume media. And I was like, oh, tell me about it, dude. I was like, we talk about this every day on the podcast. And he's like, can I come on the podcast sometimes? And I was like, are you on a reality show? And he goes, I kind of am. And then it was because I had just said that to him and we both laughed. We just we cracked up and I said, you know what? Not right now. I just I want to make it on my own. That would be a huge podcast for me number wise. But I'd rather just try to just get the guests myself, you know, and we'll 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 get you on at a natural time when you have something to promote. And he's like, what if I do another season of Project Greenlight on HBO? That was reality. And I was like, well, maybe. Okay, well, well, let's consider it. And then we just started. We kept dancing, and we were just like, just sweating. And uh, and then he complimented my beard, and I complimented his beard, and uh, it was just a great night. So that was my fantasy. Um, but I do want to talk about Ben Affleck and J Lo, as this is a pop culture podcast that definitely highlights reality shows. I do want to say how important that relationship is, because it does. Um, I think it was Amanda Knox, which was so bizarre. Amanda Knox, who, of course, uh, you know, was on trial for murder and got away with it. Well, I mean, she says she didn't do it and all of this stuff. She tweeted yesterday about this of like, how dare like it is just so disgusting that people can't leave Ben and J-Lo alone, that these private moments get photographed. And I was like. Amanda, they hired the photographer. They're, They're aware of what's going on. And I just want to point out, guys, they are very aware of what's going on. And I want to say I am all for fake relationships. Even though I don't think this is fake, I think aspects of it are fake. And I do want to normalize that that is how publicity and PR works. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're not in love or they're, they're not having sex or making love or whatever you want, knocking boots, whatever you want to call it. But what it does mean is that they want us to see it. Remember, if you want to hide, you can hide. Money will do that for you. You can hide. But guess what? If you're doing an outdoor kiss when you're two huge celebrities, they're aware at this point that we can see them. They know that. That's the whole bit. They know that. So I do think they are actually rekindling their relationship. And there are so many great photographs from that night because J-Lo's kids were there. And there's one of her son. And the son looks like... I mean, it looks like he's like six years old and full of attitude. He's like not buying into Benefer 2.0, you know, like and you had Ben making these big faces and, you know, I hope everybody's happy. But I want to remind people of what triggered this. Now, Madison LaCroix from Southern Charm, uh, page six, uh, did an article on her where uh, she said, you're welcome for Ben Affleck and J-Lo 2.0. And I just thought that is the perfect Madison LaCroix thing to say, right? It is the perfect. That girl is savage and i think i really kind of like her i do and she actually uh unveiled her new boyfriend and he was not famous so good for you madison we all uh we all love love in this day and age um but she triggered this because remember a rod likes instagram models and he likes to get dirty in the dms and he did with madison the southern charm people knew they all had to sign releases but um uh remember that danny Confirmed it on Kate Casey, uh, Kate Casey's podcast by a slip and confirmed that A-Rod was actually talking to Madison when Madison denied this. So this is what happened. And so immediately you got Ben and uh, you got J-Lo and A-Rod 
uh, having issues all of a sudden. But then they were going to rekindle their relationship. And remember, they uh, she was filming a movie. He went to visit her. And we got outdoor photographs of them rekindling their relationship and a kiss. But we knew through Dumois uh, if, um, that this was, you know, this was... It was definitely going to break up. They were just doing this slowly because also there were kids involved and the kids really got along. They really were a family unit. So what A-Rod did to J-Lo really was below the belt on so many ways, but also because I believe there was real love there. Uh, J-Lo was very much, I believe, in love and thought this was a real relationship. So A-Rod made a damn fool out of J-Lo. And guess what? Nobody will make a fool out of J-Lo. Enough. Just like her movie. Enough. That will not happen. And so I believe this is partial. Uh, I believe this relationship is real, but I do believe they that J-Lo and Ben is in on this of putting the knife in to A-Rod, putting the knife in of just, just squeezing that knife because it, it she wants it to hurt. She wants it. It's what's that? Um, what's that song? Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac. Um, and uh, Stevie Nicks has this beautiful lyric in there of like, uh, I think that's something to something to the nature of like, I want you to like, I want you to hear my voice at all times after this relationship, you know. And I feel like that, it, I you know, she, it, she wants to make him suffer, and I believe he is suffering. Like he, you know, he keeps trying to. Like, all of a sudden, A-Rod now has turned into, like, Kendall Jenner. Like, can't do anything right social media-wise. Like, he promoted a male makeup the other day, and it was like, that didn't do well. Uh, he put out a story where he met up with his ex. But it's like, nobody gives a shit about your ex. A-Rod, <laughs> hey, your ex ain't shit. So, guess who enters the chat this week? Katie Holmes, guys. Katie Holmes enters the chat. Supposedly, A-Rod was seen leaving uh, somewhere where Katie Holmes was. Now... What I love about this, this is what I want to point out, what I love about pop culture, is that this all ties together. This all ties together. Now, remember, we got reality stars involved. We got musicians. We got actors, directors, sports people involved. Now, Katie Holmes. Now, what do you say? Oh, we love Katie Holmes, right? Dawson's Creek. Um, uh, she has a little Surrey Cruise. We love Surrey. She was just out of a relationship with Jamie Foxx that they had hid for a long time. She also just got out of a relationship with a New York uh, chef that we saw a lot of uh, photographs of them canoodling with masks on in the New York streets uh, this past year. But what also do we know about Katie Holmes is that she was married to Tom Cruise. Now, Tom Cruise... Now, I am going to say I'm not going to uh, I, 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 I am not going to use the word beard because I am aware that is a derogatory term. But what I am going to say and what I want to acknowledge, because this has been written about in many, many books and articles, uh, including Going Clear, uh, which is a, a book investigating Scientology by Lawrence Wright, is that. Allegedly. The role of Tom Cruise's uh, wife or girlfriend was auditioned for. Supposedly, Scarlett Johansson turned it down. Like, this was actually set up. Now, David Miscavige, where is Shelley Miscavige, David? Uh, the head of Scientology supposedly put himself in charge of finding somebody for Tom. Now, this does not mean Tom is gay. This does, In fact, I always, my personal take on Tom is that he's asexual. I mean, think about this, guys. I love how we, as a society, make everything about sex, right? Like, everything's about sex. Guess what? Some people don't even like to have sex. Some people don't have a sex drive. Like, what Tom Cruise loves is being in movies. 
And he has since day one. He loves being in movies, loves being a movie star. And I, I mean that as a compliment. That, to me, is his true love of his life. So his and Nicole Kidman's relationship ended right before the 10-year mark, which is a very uh, interesting date because right at the 10-year mark is, uh, if it's 10 years in a California marriage, you uh, have to divvy things up 50-50. So the divorce was triggered before the 10-year mark, like right around the 10-year mark. And Nicole Kidman, if you remember, her movie career took off even harder than it was with Tom right after that. Because you had uh, uh, you had that scary movie she was in. I forgot what it was called. Not The Undoing, but it was something like that. Then you had Moulin Rouge. Like, all of a sudden, she was everywhere, movie star-wise. So she launched. Um, her career did not suffer for it. In fact, it launched. But So Katie Holmes, and then we also had the Katie Holmes. Uh, you had Tom Cruise on Oprah, where he had the couch-jumping incident. Where everybody thought he was batshit because he just he's like I love I'm in love I'm in love me and Katie she's the love of my life and we were all like that's amazing but also I've never seen a relationship like that people were turning to their partners going why do you ne- why do you never jump on couches for me why have you literally you do not raise a pulse when I walk into the room and this guy is jumping on fucking couches and he is an enthusiastic guy but there was always that rumor there there was always that rumor and it doesn't. What I, what I want to also normalize is that just because somebody is uh, paid or 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 you know something something is arranged, it doesn't mean that love is not there. It doesn't mean that love doesn't eventually get there. I mean, think about Tom Girardi and Erica Jane. Let's pull it back to that. Think about that. It doesn't mean that love wasn't there, but it does mean that a wide amount of money was spent to make somebody fall in love. Something was given to them to really sweeten the pot in the whole love game. And I think that is what we have to pay attention to. But you're not going to tell me that this these are not PR moves. You're just not going to... I've studied this stuff for way too long. But I, these things do happen. But they're sometimes not, I, I think, for the seedy reasons that we want to believe. I don't think Tom was hiding up some, like, gross, weird, uh, you know, sexual deviancy, which, by the way, homosexuality is not a deviant behavior, period. But I don't think that was there. I think Tom uh, also thought of himself as a better movie star when he was with somebody. And when he was with somebody that was a TV or film person. Um, so remember, he dated Penelope Cruz after the uh, in-between... Was it in between the Nicole? Yeah, he dated Penelope Cruz. Remember when they did uh, um, Vanilla Sky? Supposedly dated uh, Penelope Cruz. And there's actually, if you watch the Vanilla Sky uh, bonus features, there's a documentary about the uh, the publicizing of uh, Vanilla Sky. And there's some really interesting footage of him and Penelope Cruz when they were dating. And uh, they were salsa dancing together. And Tom looked very happy. Um, but I do love this because not only... Do we study their movies or TV shows or music? We now study the celebrity itself. We study the behavior of what they're doing. And that's why I think this all ties in. This Ben Affleck, this J-Lo, it all ties in. In fact, you know, with my guest today, who my guest today is amazing, guys. Jordan Ross Myers from the Pretty Corrupt Podcast, or as you know him, Don Gunvalson on Twitter. He is also Lee Radswill on Twitter. But the guy's a fucking genius. 
on pop culture and celebrity. So we have the best conversation about all of that. But he says in the interview, he's like, you can tie. We were talking about the Kardashians, but, we, you know, with these things, it's like on Homeland when she's like making connections from photo to photo or that meme with Charlie from It's Always Sunny. This stuff goes deep, but you can make all of these connections. And that's why it's so exciting. That's why this stuff is worth studying. That's why this is a sport. You know, this stuff deserves respect. Um, so, yeah, that's my little rap. That's all I got to say about that. Do you guys ever do Forrest Gump accents all day? Like, you're my girl, Jedi. And I was running. <laughs> you got legs, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> oh, my God. You guys, I told... Okay, I do a page. Go go subscribe to the Patreon if you want to support me. I don't get paid for my heart for like I get paid quarterly, so I don't even know when I get money for my heart. Uh, but hopefully, it'll be good when I get it. Um, but until then, I I, I um, uh, surviving on Patreon. Uh, my parents aren't rich. Thank you, Bill and Becky. Way, way to fuck up that Chris Jenner stuff for me. Um, I've had a lot of coffee today. It's it's. I know it's obvious. I know. I know. Um, but anyway, so sorry, <laughs> I just lost my. So okay, the Patreon, uh, go go subscribe. There's tons of episodes on there. But I've been uh, recapping solo Real Housewives of New York, and I think me and Kate uh, Legeco are going to do Extreme Sisters, and then we got to do Real Housewives of Miami with Meditza. So we got stuff. Uh, going there as soon as I felt comfortable with the uh, iHeart. But I did a solo episode the other day, and I told this story that I I don't even know why I told this story, but it remember this is how weird of a guy I am. No, you know what? I'll I'll tell you guys at another time. I've already talked so long. It's it's, it's so stupid. It's about me stealing salsa. Just that'll tease it. Uh, I will steal it salsa. Yo, my. I'm not a smart man, Jenny, but I do know what love is. (laughs) He's just so smart, Jenny. At the end of the movie, when Forrest cries, he's like, you died on a Tuesday. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, one last thing. Um, I was going to go into Chrissy Teigen's apology, but I'm sorry. Just like Chrissy Teigen, I won't be doing that until uh, uh, Wednesday's episode. No, Thursday's episode, sorry. We'll get into the Chrissy... I'm sorry for not getting into the sorry Chrissy Teigen story until Thursday. Uh, one last thing, though, I do uh, want to bring up. Actually, two two last things. Um, okay, first, Erica Jane, uh, if you guys didn't, go listen to the Housewife and Hustler special edition podcast. It's so bad it's good yesterday with Dana Wilkie and attorney Megan Rooney. Uh, I think that is a deep dive into that show. I don't think it can get much deeper. But I do want to say that there was immediate reactions today already because of that podcast. No, not because of the podcast, but in that case is that Ronald Richards on Twitter. We talk about him in the podcast. He is uh, following this case very closely. Uh, He he let us know that Erica Jane's attorneys right now filed for removal filed for removal from the case, you guys. Erica Jane's attorney does not want to be working with Erica Jane anymore. Now, that is huge. I mean, that really is really insane news. Think about that. And that was a day after this premiered. So that is very, very dark, if you think about that. And uh, uh, I think you, you have to you have to pay attention to stuff like that. Um, so what that means, potentially... 
is uh, he is saying that there was information uh, that has come out that has made the attorney mistrustful or uh, distrustful, whatever that word is, of Erica Jane. So it is not looking good for Erica Jane. And what the documentary points out, and I think what we're all starting to realize, she had some awareness, at least, if not a lot of awareness of this. I don't think things look good for Erica Jane right now. I don't know what that means exactly or what that looks like, but this is not good. And remember, on uh, I'm so excited for Real Houses of Beverly Hills tomorrow because we got the bombshell that they were divorcing and we get we actually get to see Erica Jane. They better not have her walk in. I bet they have her walk in in the last 30 seconds and they to be continued it until the next Wednesday. I bet my from watching these shows what I bet will happen is it'll be all 58 minutes of all the ladies reacting and things like that and then the last minute you'll have Erica Jane walk in. That is my gut feeling. I could be completely wrong, and that would not be the first nor the last time. Um, so we have that piece of news. And, uh, okay, so what I want to give, uh, you guys know how much I love Kathy Hilton right now. And I know Jordan, our guest, loves Kathy Hilton as well. So uh, you know, it feels like Kathy Hilton and uh, Kyle, her sister, are going live on Instagram a lot. They are like the Laurel and Hardy. They're like a comedy duo right now. It's like straight-up vaudeville. But they did it again, and I want to leave you with a clip to kind of get you in the mood to laugh, and then we're going to go into Jordan Ross Myers from the Pretty Corrupt Podcast. I can't wait to, for you guys to hear him explain the Pretty Corrupt Podcast. I think you're going to love, love, love it, uh, honestly. Uh, so here is the comedy stylings of two upstart young comedians, Kathy Hilton, and Kyle Richards coming to the stage. Give him a warm round of applause, folks. You guys, I just had to teach my sister what a goat is. She asked me, why are people though? Well, they Kyle, I can't keep up. Let me just say one thing to you. I have friends in their 20s and 30s. And I'm, I'm just saying we don't talk about goats <laughs> or stands. And I asked them. And they'll say, what? So, goats goats and stands. Goats and stands. Yeah, yeah. Well, just be happy that you're a goat and people stand you. That's all you need to know. Is that it? Yeah. So when you, you like somebody, you say, I stand I, I with stand you. you. I stand with you. No, it's not I stand. That's like I stand with you. I stand. Like I stand. I think it stands for... Like, I think it's like a stalker You don't know? where it stems from. You don't know. No, but I know what it means. I don't know where it stems from. And how long from. ago it's been popular to say that for you? <laughs> I needed that. I needed that. That was good. <laughs> it hurts. It hurts from laughing. Uh, no, I do want to warn Kyle and Kathy, though, let's maybe not do too many of these. We don't want to, we don't want to tire of Kathy. Let's use her sparingly. Let's get her for some comedic value with the Erica Jane drama, but let's not, maybe let's choose our battles, only go live here and there. I don't know if it's the smartest decision, but what is the smartest decision is listening to our next guest who needs no introduction, but I will give him one multiple times. I think I give him one actually in the podcast, so we'll, let's just cut to the podcast. You guys, Jordan Ross Myers from the Pretty Corrupt Podcast, you know him as Don Gunvalson. Get off my show! Oh, wow. You don't like okay. me? Get off my show! For life, we shall go! This is Get off show. my show! Oh. This is not funny. <laughs> 
you have a little family van. When do you ever bring a family van to pick up six people? Uh, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest uh, needs no introduction, but I will give him one uh, or her one, depending on uh, where you're you're viewing his material. Uh, he is the uh, he is the creator of the Don Gunvalson Twitter account, the Lee Radswell Twitter account. But what you don't know is he has a uh, a brilliant mind for all of the housewives, all of pop culture, mm-hmm. and he also has a pretty amazing podcast that you need to know about uh it just launched i think a a couple of months ago so you guys need to go check it out you need to subscribe it's called pretty corrupt on historic media and uh i mean let's just get into it because uh don just got into it with bethany last week so Mm -hmm. we got to talk about that welcome back to the show jordan ross myers hey hey thank you for having me uh, you, uh, I was talking about this. I was talking about you on the podcast the other day. Oh, really? <laughs> and I was thinking when, when I was watching the Bethany Frankel Twitter war go down between you and Don Gunvalson, yeah. I was like, Beth, I, I was like, he, Bethany doesn't even realize like you, like she walked into something that you're like built for. You're like, <laughs> there's no way that Bethany is going to like get Don Gunvalson or get you. I mean, cause you live for this stuff in a way. Yeah, dude. It was like. I don't know what her, she was probably East Coast figure. It was like 10.30 p.m. Um, I may have been a little stoned or something. I'm in bed and my phone starts lighting up. And I was like, what? I've been waiting for this for years. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what, what was it exactly that like set this whole thing off with Bethany? Oh, she um, <clears throat> announced this uh, new wine brand uh, that <laughs> oh, she yes. crew that she created i don't know if i want to give it any advertising here but the point is um i was looking at it so i googled it she didn't create it it's not like her skinny girl creation it's been out for years and she's just like she's put her name on it yeah it's like an endorsement deal like something kylie jenner or whatever anyone would do and then so i just was annoyed by that because you know she leads so strongly with her business savvy and her she's an empire builder well you know jordan she is the number one business person in america (laughs) according Uh, to her (laughs) i know she just doesn't know how to do social media according to the big shot with bethany you know (laughs) oh yeah she called social well i guess we could get into it she called me a gimmick and i was like yeah, I mean, I mean, by the way, Bethany calling something a gimmick is just so fascinating. <laughs> it is like, I figured that would open up some kind of time warp in the space-time continuum and just <laughs> Bethany swallows up whole because I'm like, how, reading this exchange, so you called this out and then who pointed it out to Bethany or did you tag her in it? I didn't tag her in it. I'm not like a snitch tagger. I just let it find their way. <laughs> Someone <laughs> must have. Well, you know, I retweeted I retweeted her post with my own caption. Yeah. So it probably showed up in her feed. But the fact that a big business lady like uh, Bethany is even paying attention to hmm. people repost. I mean, like going into like comment sections, which we've known about Bethany for since we've known Bethany. Like she gets into it. Yeah. And she sticks her feet in it all all the time it's it's kind of like Chrissy Teigen in a way where it's like yeah. why do you need the celebrity you got the wealth you got the family you got all this stuff what drives these people Jordan to like want everything they want like popularity and to be cool I know like with Bethany I've always wondered because 
I've gone back and forth with her. In the early days, she she was new. Uh, she was something new on Bravo. Very like, cool, I yeah. understand. You could root for her. She was an underdog who was like spunky and determined. But you would think that fame, fortune, a child, all of that would have softened her and make her enjoy life. She's the most miserable creature now. I can't. It 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 it, it emits off her like a stench. How yeah. miserable she is. And like you know, withstanding Bryn alone, but even. If you watch the big shot with Bethany, I keep telling the audience like she the show was such a mess. At one point, she called Bryn and Bryn decided who was going to get fired. You yeah. know, it was so bizarre for somebody that's hid their kid for so long to yeah. then make it like somebody that's like a, on the on the board of Bethany Inc. Yeah, you know? I thought it was really misguided and it shows kind of how out of touch she is now that she's successful that in this kind of culture climate, she thought a funny show would to be take would for her were to take eager um eager people trying to succeed and taunt them and belittle them as the she's the man now she's not the underdog and it was just cruel you know well and that was the thing too it was a it was not done with any kind of panache it was mm. you no know, and here's the deal it was produced by mark burnett you know as we all know you guys yeah and, you know, they, of course, produced The Apprentice. And I like I've said many times, very honestly, I've watched every season of The Apprentice. I thought Donald Trump was super funny I at the time. You know, like I was really like, but also he had lied and built his career up so much that I really believed in his authority. So when it got to Bethany, you know, Mark Burnett also producing this show and it, it just she was such a mess in the show. And it, I hate to say it, but did not have the gravitas of a Donald Trump, which pains me to say. Yeah. And she just came off so scatterbrained that mm. when she would rip into these people, it made no sense. And she would suck the oxygen out of the room where I'm like, there is no room for any other business people in a room with Bethany. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, first of all, I do. I give her credit. She has built a brand, but it was like a... One hit wonder. I envy her success. I won't put her down for it. But she is not the titan that she thinks she is. Um, and if people look back, I've always said this. Um, her The success of Skinny Girl and stuff coincided with the loss of her father, who, while estranged, she, he was very wealthy, and she was his only heir. So when she talks about like how she... Oh, is that fought, true? Yeah. I didn't her know father, that. Her uh, father, Bobby... I mean, he was, she didn't... He lived in the Palisades, a big house. I mean, she came as much as she pretends to be an orphan, which is her, like she was digging through alley. It's her success story, yeah, yeah. It was pri private um, boarding school, and I mean, she had a hard, maybe not an emotionally nurturing childhood, but I mean, she was left plenty of money around the same time Skinny Girl came about, and she got married, and so for her. It's always she was worked harder than you. She no one is smarter or tougher. Uh, in a way, she's a bit of an heiress, and I don't. Yeah, I just like today's society though. It is so weird. Like I, I hate hubris like that. I, mm -hmm. I, I just personally don't like it. I don't like it online either. I don't like when you know, even like the my least favorite like Twitter or Instagram accounts are like look at how brilliant I am. You know, like I like everything. Yeah. I like, like, I feel like the audiences these days are so uh, sophisticated that they, they'll, like you said, they'll pick up on, you know, like it'll find Bethany if it needs yeah. to find Bethany, they'll find it. Like if the work is good, it's going to present itself. And yeah. if you have somebody screaming that they're brilliant, I just mm -hmm. don't have a lot of patience for that anymore. But you saw this in bed, your phone lights up. And mm -hmm. then what was like the first thing she said to you? 
Oh my God. I could probably find it. Oh, she thought she originally, she thought I was the real Don Gunvalson. Yes. That was like the amazing thing, you guys. So (laughs) that was the funniest thing for Bethany to watch in real time. Bethany learn how the internet works and Twitter (laughs) works where she then had to be explained why it was funny with the, the fucking whole part of Jordan's account that's hysterical is that why Don Gunvalson, that's why it's so funny, Mm. is because why would Don Gunvalson have a Twitter account and be this brilliant, (laughs) you know, and Bethany even said, well, I just don't get it. Why pick a secondary character? Why not, if you're going to fake account, why not be the lead? And I'm like, you don't get it. Like, why don't you get it? She has no sense of humor if she doesn't get how funny it is that this obscure character who is also very calm and chill on camera is like yeah in sandals drinking a corona yeah if he's firing off like fire tweets that's hysterical you know yeah and it was lost on her which shows like what i said earlier i think she's lost touch with her base maybe or with uh i guess you'd say the zeitgeist to pop culture like the 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 coal miners that loved skinny girl to begin with yeah (laughs) (laughs) so she's delusional i've wondered i mean i'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist but um i've wondered like just from her tv persona if she has a narcissistic personality disorder oh you Um, think i mean i know but i feel like that's such a common trait with all housewives yeah i mean hers is like her i mean you have to have some kind of mental some kind of personality disorder to sign up for housewives none of them they're like but hers like the way she vacillates it's like textbook to me she's either the victim and the world is against her or at the extreme other end she's the strongest smartest richest person and she's shown the world it's her it's always her against the world and that's like one of the big but you know the, signs. The, the thing that scares me just about like and and this is I'm using this as an excuse of why I've chosen not to be a success to this point <laughs> is that is that you would think you know like so the 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 end justifies the means and like we saw her journey in grocery stores pushing skinny girl mm-hmm. but once you reach the mountaintop why keep going? Yeah. Why not just be a business person that, you know, I, I always bring up that quote from Bill Murray of like, somebody said, it must be pretty nice to be rich and famous. He's like, mm-hmm. it'd be a lot nicer just to be rich. Yeah. You don't need the fame. Like, why yeah. would you need it? You know, he, he, Bill Murray's like, it's fun to pop up into like weddings and have people like happy to see you. But yeah. at the same time, there's such an invasion of all of your privacy. And you start to realize like, well, maybe Bethany didn't want to be rich all along. She just wanted the fame part. of That's it. interesting. I've never, that might make sense because even with the wealth and success, all she's seeking is uh, attention and validation. There's something dark in her that's, that will never be filled. No. And that's, that's, I think what makes us so sad when we think of Bethany almost as a cautionary tale is that you realize, I mean, I really, honestly, no joke. I've thought about this of like, oh, see, she's a success and she's not happy. Like I really genuinely, and and you see that with a lot of housewives, a lot of famous people in general is that Mm. like, these people aren't happy. Like they're nothing, uh, I, you know, life is just like, it's just, they pay their bills easier and they wear cooler clothes and their skin looks better, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So you, so you get into this with Bethany and is there, is she, did, I mean, at one point she blocks you and takes a screenshot and, you know, look at me, I blocked on, you know, and mm-hmm. 
And there's so many people in comments of going like, Bethany, that's not the real Don. Bethany, hey, wake up, Bethany, that's not. And she just <laughs> doesn't seem to get it. And then she wants to add her take on it. And I think there was something really telling in around January when that page six article came out about her trying stand up. Oh, is yeah. you notice how like a lot of her tweets now read as like practice jokes. It's yeah. like a Hannah burner quality from summer <laughs> house where you're like, what are you, do-? you know, like what's the deal with celery? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense to me. And I just, I just find it like really oddly intriguing that like they, they she keeps pushing. She had the Megan Markle, Harry tweet uh, yeah. from her, the Oprah thing. And she got into a lot of trouble from that. And it's just like, they never, you know, like I'll take a couple weeks break and then they feel like, hey, miss me. And it's like, we don't, we don't need it. I think if someone like her and Hannah, if you have to go around saying how funny you are, you probably aren't. And um, Bethany's the last person for stand up. I mean, but I love, I mean, see, that's the reality show I want to see is like last comic following. standing with Bethany, you know, of like <laughs> the horrible the clubs. You know? Next season on Amazon, the horrible Mrs. Frankel. <laughs> <laughs> well, you almost, I was just like, I kind of want to see her hang herself because eventually I feel like she would get into some kind of like race stand up routine of like, <laughs> what are we doing in America, folks? There's black people and there's white people, right? Like, you know, and I just, I feel like she hangs herself at every chance. And I just, I can't say it enough. It's just, she doesn't have to. She doesn't no. have to do any of this. And that's like the psychosis to argue with Don Gunvalson back and forth. And it must've been just like, you probably did not even, uh, your pulse probably didn't even raise when you were doing it. You probably stayed laying in bed. Oh, I was in bed. Yeah, you <laughs> probably were just, and probably you were enjoying yourself. Oh yeah, this was a moment I had waited for. For I had been prepared. It was like I was called to duty. And I just went into the this mode. Is, yeah. like, this is why we train, folks. This is why yeah. we train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my nation called upon me and it was time to serve. And so. I just think it's funny. She tried to then point out how stupid your account is, how stupid the choice is. And it's like, Bethy, everybody's on Don's side already. Like, have you we, read the comments? Have, uh, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> have you been, have you been on Twitter, Bethany? Like mm. pay, if you're paying attention, pay attention. Like yeah. Don Gunvalson is to me, a cornerstone of housewives, Twitter, if not oh, all of Twitter and Lee Radswell <laughs> even goes beyond that because I think there's a classiness about your Lee Radswell character mm. that I think Thanks. brings, it goes past like housewives and into history. You know? Yeah. It tries to like with uh, Lee Radswell, it is housewives, but it's, a different com imagine you know housewives are supposed to be aspirational their lifestyles imagine someone like lee who is jackie kennedy's sister carol radswell's mother-in-law who can look down on the housewives and think their lives are unimpressive their lifestyles are trash and yeah. so it's i mix with that like history and yeah, no, I, I've actually I've actually seen really interesting photos from the lee radswell account where i'm like oh that's really cool like you know yeah uh, I do yeah. things there too. Like, imagine Jackie and Lee were famous, glamorous sisters. Imagine if Jackie and Lee behaved like the Richard sisters, or you know, they got in these feuds. Yeah. You stole my goddamn house. Lisa. Yeah. Um, did you ever think of making a Jason Hoppy account? Oh, and go, hey, I, Bethany. <laughs> I want to say in the past I have, like maybe done it. I've I've had so many. Wait, are you are you Shane Simpson as well? Yeah, it has. Yeah, I was like, it kind of has a because you know 
there are people that make a lot of these fake accounts, but there's only people that can do it with like panache and talent. Yeah. And Shane Simpson kind of read in the same. It, it was it part, was an extension you know? of the dawn. What I do is uh, he's on hiatus right now. I have like a lot going on, so like, uh, I don't think people realize like they think tweeting is just like, oh, you write a sentence, you put it out. No, it's like a whole notifications, responding and planning. So like I was like, Shane's on hiatus. Well, until Orange County, I guess, comes out. Till he passes the bar, which yeah, which, oh, yeah. <laughs> which might be never. Him and but Kim yeah. Kardashian just can't seem to do this, you know. <laughs> and I was thinking about it and I was like, oh no, a lot of people asked me. They could read it was like a Dawn account, but I was like, I don't know who. You're the first, you're the first person I've invited <laughs> to. Um you know, speaking of somebody that that actually reads to me like a Twitter account so far, and they're they're only five episodes in, is Kathy Hilton. Oh my god! Like Kathy Hilton, I you know when people get people hop on me on Instagram and all that of like you don't know Kathy's not good. Kathy's not. You'll see. Kathy's not a. And I'm like, I don't care what she's done outside of her. Like I'm not. I don't go digging into like these ladies' histories and then mm. that affects what I see on the show. I'm going by what I see on the show and what I've seen so far is just amazing. Oh, it's she's... like a Twitter account come to life. I know. Got Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30 performance polos and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys, don't worry. You did not start the show over again. This is just to delineate that I am talking about our sponsor today, BetterHelp. I've been talking about them the past couple of weeks, and I could not recommend them more. This is a service that is going to pair you up with a professional licensed therapist. All you have to do is reach out and they will get back to you within 48 hours. Now, this is a service that I actually use that does help me and I could not recommend it more, especially in this day and age. Who at this point wants to drive anywhere unless it's to see your friends and have a great time? This is a great way to do this in the comfort of your own home. And what's so cool is right now, if you visit betterhelp.com forward slash so bad, uh, they will give us 
So Bad It's Good listeners 10% off your first month. And I think that's just amazing. It's a good way to try something out that I think is going to really help fulfill you and get you to lead a better life. And, you know, we get a little discount. So that's amazing. So once again, go to betterhelp.com forward slash so bad. You know, by the way, she's responsible, partially responsible for where I'm at today. She really, she really believed she was one of the first people in that group to believe I was Lee Radswell. Lee, we're we're meeting up later at the the Four Seasons if you'd like to join. I would get those moments like she'd reply to my tweets and people would be like, you know, Lee. And then she'd be like, yes, we're very good friends, old family friends. And then people would be like, if you know her, don't." it was like her Instagram comments. They'd be like, if you know her, why don't you know it's fake? But so it was her who brought attention to me in that kind of very elevated Bel Air circle. I feel like Bravo should literally have you on retainer where any new <laughs> housewife comes on, you put them through a social media training course. Yeah. Because it just seems like this is where you're so genius at it. And, but this is where I feel like these housewives and Bravo hang themselves because these ladies don't know how to do it. They get into fights with each other that should be on the show. Yeah. They ruin a lot of the show because they're in real time as opposed to something we're catching up to. So, it, and I feel like it's just like Bravo does not. I heard some rumor that Bravo will like charge these ladies or like fine these ladies for certain Twitter exchanges. Like oh, I, heard, I didn't know that one. Yeah. Like well, I heard, I heard it in regards to Dallas, I think. Yeah. I with Cam and Tiffany. And Tiffany. It was a rumor. Yeah. And, uh, well, cause I, and by the way, this is, I guess, news you guys, I, uh, Tiffany was going to be on, but her lawyers now have advised against it because oh, yeah. of the Cameron stuff. And I don't think Bravo is allowing her to do a lot of press right now. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like I, I do wonder like, why Bravo doesn't have a tighter leash on the, you know, like the Kathy Hilton. It's like, she's fun Instagram and she's Twitter. Fun. Like she's great. No, harm. she's amusing. And she doesn't really, she, even when she tries to engage people, she, she doesn't like drama or confrontation at all. And you'll see that this season. Like she, she'll give you advice about your fight, but she's not going to. And so, but it's like watching your kind of kooky, maybe slightly drunk aunt, which is, who knew she drunk was... aunt. I mean, I'm talking about my slightly drunk mom. Like, yeah, my, my, it reminds me of my mom. Like, <laughs> bizarre. She has no idea how to use Instagram, but she loves to be on it. Like, she has a Facebook account just to spy on me and my friends. Yeah. <laughs> she'll, she'll be like, "Oh my god, your friend Nick had a nice meal the other night," and I'm like, "What?" As like, always, like she's always on that iPad. <laughs> um, but you. I think you have an appreciation like, you know, for old Hollywood and the Hilton Hilton's, I yeah. think really fit into that. But Thank I, you. I've been talking lately and I know this is something you're, you just did a uh, episode on Chris Jenner, the momager yeah. on uh pretty corrupt, your new podcast, which like you guys like, go subscribe to that. Um, is that it all ties in. Like I was thinking about like hidden Hills and I was watching that David Foster documentary on Netflix and how that ties in. And it's like this weird Beverly Hills circle that the Hiltons are a big part of. And those that branch out is just fascinating. Oh yeah. It's a family tree and they're all sort of relayed. I mean, in my mind, the heart of it is the OJ, the the OJ trial. You could, tie every single one of these people back to 1994. Uh, Faye Resnick's a big hub. She connects uh, the Hiltons to the Jenners, Kardashians. And then with David Foster, he was he was married to 
Brody Jenner. You know, he was married yeah, to yeah, yeah, Caitlyn to- Jenner. It's it's one of those like if you had one of those map boards and you just had strings. Oh, it's like it's like a, a ho- homeland or Charlie from It's Always Sunny. Just That's like how it, I picture you know, it. <laughs> you don't forget about me, baby. It's Caitlin. I'm running for governor. Woo! Uh, <laughs> and, and I mean, like in LA, it still sets the even though these people like in my mind came to the public, you know, decades ago, they really set the tone for pop culture in LA. We're still oh. living by like Kardashians. Hilton. Well, I recap Kardashians on Friday and we just had the oh. series finale. And yeah. my thing is a lot of people would be like, I hate the Kardashians. And I'm like, you can hate the Kardashians all you want, but if you do not give them respect, I think that is a, you're, you're I think that is a mistake because yes. what Kris Jenner has done, even if you want to study it from a business aspect is fascinating. Yeah. You can be disgusted why america has responded but don't be just like you know it's like hate you know hate the the game not the player or whatever yeah. the, the, don't hate the like, player hate the game yeah I, yeah i'm not a cool person i don't know it's uh, a <laughs> some player game thing but yeah chris jenner to me is like she's the only one of those people i follow on instagram because we've never seen the real chris jenner on tv mm-hmm. like you know she is a hard drinking smoking lady that mm-hmm. is that is doing business better than men are Oh, she's changed the game. I mean, I love to make fun of the Kardashians always, but I always and will I say, always will, yeah, yeah. But I'll always say Chris is brilliant. I mean, she is the art of the deal. She really, I mean, she turned a kind of obscure upper middle class family on the periphery of fame into an empire, and she's the brains. I mean, she's the strategist. Well, just to think of like. Where they started, that's what I was, I wasn't getting emotional. Like I, I thought the series finale was like, whatever, so-so at mm. best. And I'm looking forward to the reunion. But I, I thought it was fascinating if you did look back 20 seasons ago, where they started mm. to where they are now. I mean, they even had a clip of uh, Kim doing a celebrity boxing match. And I'm like, think about that now. Think about Kim yeah. Kardashian doing a celebrity. Bo- I mean, what they did and still managed to come out now where they're on the covers of Vogue and all of these things when they wouldn't have made the, the, the cover of like hustler at a certain, yeah, you know, totally. I mean, I'm in awe of Chris. I'll always make fun of her, but her business, it changed the game. Yeah. I mean, and I, I just, the, the, and everybody says, or I even said, like, we saw Chris Jenner do a friend, like, just do a cameo on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills last season. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, get Chris Jenner on. She, I mean, there's just no fucking way because she has such a tight control of her image. Yeah. And people say, well, it's a bad image. It's not real. I mean, it could be a lot worse. It's like, actually, she's done amazing. But I don't think she would ever do Beverly Hills because she wouldn't be in control the way that she is used to being in control unless she just did a friend of here and there. Totally. Like, I think maybe she enjoys the cameo. She is good friends with like Kathy and Kyle. I know. That's why. And, 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 uh, what's her name? The, the, you said it ties all together from the OJ. Faye. 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 Yeah. We just saw those paparazzi shots at Nobu and Malibu of like Chris cackling outside with like Uh, Mauricio and Faye and, and, uh, Kyle. I have to say, when I saw those photos, I figured the personal strategy behind it with the sisters, even what, like, Kyle and Kathy are in pretty good terms right now. You know, it's been rocky, but they are on pretty good terms. But the way Kathy is kind of becoming Beverly Hills national treasure, everyone's fawning over (laughs) her. You know that Kyle, um, Kyle called up Chris 
called said, up I need saying, some juice. I need yeah, some juice. Yeah, we're going to Nobu and Kathy <laughs> won't be there. That's totally like how it went down. Kathy, we're going to get together at uh, 3 p.m. It's 3 p.m. right now. Oh, okay, we'll get you next time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's only one person in this game who could uh, checkmate uh, Kathy, and that's Chris. And I got to say, well, I, what is your opinion on Mauricio? He supposedly heads the agency, one of the biggest, you know, uh, real estate agencies now in Los Angeles, which has like yeah. popped up over the last 10 years, but also now a huge stoner. Like, how do you marry <laughs> the two? Like, I, I just, whenever I think of like somebody gets really into weed, they're usually like, it's like Seth Rogen or Mauricio, where I'm like, how do you get the output? You When I smoke weed, I just end up making frozen pizzas and like yeah. laying somewhere, you know? I, 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 How does he have the time? Is he just like a figurehead at this point for the agency? I know. I'm, I was wondering, like, is he deals in some really big trends? I mean, we're talking like $30 million houses. And I, I wonder if it's celebratory, like, or if he's in the negotiation, like 25 mil. And then he's like, he's like, he, he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, he was on lot. They went live. Uh, I talked about, they went live a couple weeks ago and, Mm-hmm. Um, Mauricio's in the background reading names and all of a sudden they're like, oh, you on live? He goes, hey, I hope everybody's Cheech and Chonging out there right now. And I'm like, oh my <laughs> God. And by the yeah. way, that was on their way to Race to a Race, which is like, it's a fundraiser, but it's also like a society event. Like, I mean, you know, it's a big celebrity in Beverly Hills. <laughs> and to see him rolling in the chauffeured car with Kathy and he's stoned out of his mind. It was well, so fun. We saw from paparazzi and like there was a video, Kim Richards was there as well. So all the Richards were there. Mm-hmm. In fact, Kim, there was like video of her looking really like sketchy, you know, quote unquote. Yeah. I, I mean, but also people said she was like, she gets insanely nervous around, you know, yeah. events like that. So we can't, I mean, I hope she is well. I hope all of that. I still wish, you know, she was supposed to write a book. It was even like, it was advertised. It was on Amazon for pre-sale, and now that is done. But I still want to know from her perspective, I mean, you guys, she got arrested shoplifting at Target off the dollar rack. <laughs> no, I mean, like, did she the took rack? the things off the dollar rack at the oh. front of Target that they have. That's what she was shoplifting. I always remember in uh, Bev- the when that broke when that news broke on Beverly Hills, and uh, it's Kim, not Kim. I'm sorry, it's LVP and Ken, and they're the suite at their house and the master and Ken's just so puzzled. Cause there were things like toys in there. And he was yes, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, there are no little children in the family. Who was he? St- who was she stealing those for? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think she was just, it was like that genuinely was a cry for help. I mean, yeah. I think it was just, and, and her, I think the arrest photo made her look like Woody Allen with a bucket hat. You know, it was just really bizarre. Um, I know we're dancing all around because, you know, we're two brilliant minds or one brilliant <laughs> mind and me. And, and what do you, what do you, what juice do you got on Lisa Rinna? You watched this past week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, right? Mm-hmm. What the fuck was that story with Harry Hamlin in the middle? Who of was it? Was it? I was saying, was it? Well, my thing, because I, I immediately thought Weinstein. Yeah. And I found a photo of them at a Weinstein event. And I, I obviously don't think it was probably Weinstein because I don't think uh, Weinstein would associate with Harry Hamlin. I was about to, to say, they not that they would condone his crimes, but they wished at his height they w- yeah. they oh my would, God. He would, they would be in his circle. Yeah, I mean, even Bob Weinstein didn't want anything to do with <laughs> yeah. Serena, you know, but... Um, what is her i i personally can't i i feel like it's time for her to go and yeah and i'm not i i want to let people know is that i do know 
the bad people make good TV. Mm. I've just seen her type of bad now so much. Do you ever think they should institute like five year rules on housewives or anything? Yeah, I do. Like with her, I get she's made good TV and uh, she does work. She has like she calls herself a hustler. She earns that check, though. I mean, I, she, she sold the pins for God's sakes. She was yeah. the face of the pins. <laughs> but I think she's brought all she can to the show. And yeah. it's like it's. Time's well, out. it's like your time is like, and you served like you you served well. We mm-hmm. will honor you forever, and maybe you'll pop in at a, a certain point. But her brand is I, we've seen it now, yeah. and it's it's kind of getting amusing to watch because she's like grasping at straws. Where, like I said, this past week that Harry Hamlin story, I'm like, holy shit! Like, I guess yeah. let's keep her on just because she keeps saying real like she keeps she's the reverse Kathy Hilton of saying bizarre shit, but it's like disturbing. Yeah. Like, wait, Harry's friends are raping people. And you know, like it's, it's, and you're, you're having these conversations and then I'm sure you, like all these people were sending me all these Harry Hamlin rumors and stories and stuff. And I was like, Oh shit, that's like a dark history. Yeah. I mean, she, I think their marriage changed a lot over the past, probably, especially with this show. Cause you know, when she married him, you know, she, I always joke about the way she talks about him. She, in her mind, she still has like that big man on a big man on campus. High LA law. Crush. Yeah. Yeah. She'll be like, uh, hi, this is me, my daughters and Harry Hamlin. And she's so <laughs> excited about him and proud from Clash of the Titans. <laughs> yeah. But at this point, she's the breadwinner of the family. And I think that's where the dynamic, I, I compare it kind of how uh, Chris and Caitlin, then Bruce at the time, uh, Jenner, you know, they, as the show progressed and Chris became this, um, the breadwinner and the, head of the household you saw their marriage like it was bruce at the time but caitlin started like drifting off from the show just kind of playing with his remote helicopters in the background yeah he was like i like i like golfing in my backyard with my buddy jeff dunham (laughs) and i think that's that's how i imagine the rena hamlin relationship is at this point it's like an arrangement I find it hysterical that there was like a little plot line where we found out this little tidbit where Harry likes to go on solo camping trips. And I was like, like what a bizarre little activity. Like he was packing. I'm like, how I just always think I always laugh when I'm like, Harry is doing bad regional theater to get away from Lisa Rinna. Yeah. Like he's doing Boise, Idaho. No offense to my Boise listeners, listener. And, um, uh, so I don't know, but, um, Leading into Rinna, the other Beverly Hills housewife I wanted to, to focus on before we get to your podcast mm. um, is is Erica Jane and Tom Girardi, because yeah. we just got the premiere of The Housewife and the Hustler, uh, an ABC News production on Hulu. And have you watched that yet? Yes, I did. Watch the first thing that came out. I always think it's really disturbing when anything starts off with a, a Daniel Staub walking into frame and it looks like if you, and guys, if you get a high def TV, it just likes like spackling gone bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, different. It's di- her face is different shades of tan and a very blotchy. Oh, it's so bizarre. Um, what did you think overall of the, uh, the, the show? It was really good. Like, it really brought all the pieces of the puzzle together. Cause I forgot, sir. I've been following the, the I've been following the scandal or whatever since day one, but then like all of it came together. Like I knew about the widows and orphans and I knew, and then towards the end, they're like, 
talking about what triggered this was those lawsuits about the defaulted loans from the firm. And it's like, oh my God, that was the first thing. Yeah, it brought, it really made the story like uh, and they, easy to process. And they did a great job of highlighting the victims, which mm-hmm. when they actually have the burn victim, he's a talking head, they have, the, yeah. and so it gives a face to these stories. So it even makes it more ridiculous and it's harder to have any kind of empathy for Erica mm. Jane going through this because you see the, you you know, you see these people that like this guy's still getting surgeries. He was burned on 90% of his body. He's going to have to surgeries for the rest of his life. And they stole his money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they, they make a point too, which I think is good is what the money is for. It's for healthcare for his horrific injuries. It wasn't like, Oh, he took 20 million out of my trust fund. I can't go to Aspen this one. No, he destroyed these people who've already been destroyed. Yeah. And it's disgusting. And the way Tom's verbiage is, they have a, his voice and he's on a deposition, mm. but he, you know, it just like, you can hear him. Like the, the, the one guy was like, he'd always call me. He'd be like, you're a bitching guy, buddy. You're a bitching guy. Like, you know, and like just his verbiage was so interesting of how he speaks, but it's very, it, it's a very vast web of lies and weaving yeah. of like, it involves the state bar association of California. It involved like all of these people he whined and dined. And I don't know if you can speak to, cause it seems this thing as I talk more about these people is that, and Jen Shaw a little bit as well. And of yeah. course, Teresa is that, is there any, I mean, Lee Radswell had, but is there any real money in it these days or is it just, people stealing from other people i mean in this show what i think the game changer is for beverly hills this season probably the first cast member i mean they've the first person bravo's ever cast who truly does not need the money is kathy hilton (laughs) and i think that's what makes her interesting to watch because everyone else even um even lisa vanderpump has bills to pay she has a mortgage she has um, you know, she's wealthy, but I mean, Kathy Hilton does not give an F. <laughs> but see, and that's what's perfect is that she can then truly be herself mm-hmm. and there's no, she doesn't need to prove herself to anybody. No. And yeah. also, I just want to point out, Kathy is, she's super funny, but remember, she's super smart too. Like anybody that's pranking yeah. people with martinis, there's like, there's like something, there's a brain there, you know? Like, oh, yeah. She, um, what they obviously, she's really good at that. I mean, she's a lot smarter than the camera plays on. She knows what she's doing. But also, we're just getting these little tiny bits. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd be curious if Kathy gets a storyline, what it's like, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine her signing on full time because, like you said, she's getting so much adulation as a friend of, keeps her hands clean. She's not in any of the conflict. What, you know, the, there's the second season curse. They're very nice to you, and then they turn. Well, which we're seeing right now in full effect with Leah McSweeney. Yes. And I think deservedly so. I mm. think she's like a flame out as hell, you know? Yeah. She was more Leah was more fun. Um, that sounds terrible to say, but when she was when drunk. she was when she was drunk, you knew where it was came you knew where it was coming from. Now I'm just like, what the fuck? You know. Well, I I mean, I hate to say this, but I feel like the alcohol, like she's more unbridled without alcohol or you got, mm-hmm. I feel like the alcohol might've even tempered her a bit. Yeah. Whereas now she's really having to deal with all of the, she's a very emotional person mm-hmm. and, uh, and she's not very well-spoken and she's not, I mean, there's a lot of, and I believe she has like a, some very troubling views that are totally her right to have, but mm-hmm. watching her this season. And also, I mean, this is, what do you think of Ebony? I like her. 
I like that she can um, hold her own in a way that's, how would I put it? Like, okay, let's compare her to another newbie, Crystal. Yeah. Crystal, they both came in strong and so far, but Crystal's is a very... I, I had joked on Twitter, like she studied prison. She studied prison strategy. She's new on the cell block. She had to shank a bitch who sat in in order to she hold picks, her. Picks place. the weakest one and yeah. gets like attacks. I yeah. get annoyed with uh, that. Ebony's now so closely associated her role on the show with, with Leah. With Leah, yes. It's, I think it, if it was Ebony on her own, her message would be s- straightforward and great, but. Mixing in that, Leah, it's, she she needs to find a better ally. She even went to a basketball game with her last week. And it's like, I hate when these people come off so brilliantly on the show. And then you're like, your one weakness is that you like Leah. And I mm-hmm. love, I mean, I, I had a huge crush on Leah the first I, season. I, I love that. her so much. And like, so it pains me to have to admit that I was r- potentially wrong. Or you know what? We go through many loves of our lives and that was just one of them. And it's all right to admit we made a mistake. But I think it was such a flame out. But Ebony... But also Ebony said something in this past week's episode that I thought was interesting um, and potentially false is that after all of this situation with Ramona and Luann, she said, I think it's still of great value uh, to be friends with these ladies. I think there really is something there. I'm like, no, there's great value to your personal brand. You would never, there's no great value to you in the friendships besides Mm -hmm. Sonia and Leah, but you would not be friends with this at all. And that I think I wanted to talk to you about is what is your opinion of the difference? Like when we started these shows, there was a group of friends that all were friends. And now it's a very different casting where we're bringing in these kind of outsiders and we have for years now Mm. and just thrown them in there. And it's like such a stilted thing. You know, this past season of OC was a huge example of like six people that just would never hang out with each other. It was like bizarre. It it was watchable in a bizarro world way. Mm -hmm. But like, it's like, I like Ebony a lot, but I don't think Ebony is great casting for that show. No. Because she's highlighting right. how, like, horrible these ladies are at it. And I'm not saying, like, she's just, and I'm not talking about she's smart for a black woman. I'm talking about she's smart for, like, any woman. Like, yeah. she's she could trounce all of those ladies with her ha- hands behind her back. Yeah. And I don't think, it's like, it's like, it almost feels like, you know, an unfair game at a certain point. Yeah, like, well, I think, like, you were talking about how it's changed from the first seasons to now. And something, uh, like, with which has always bugged me with, um, like, Leah, for example. In the early seasons, the job isn't to capture a whole city. It's to capture a microcosm, this little world. And, and like, for Beverly, not Beverly Hills, for New York, it was a little world of the Upper East Side. Um, Ramona... Jill Zara and Luann and now Sonia and uh, Bethany was kind of an outsider trying to make her way into it. And I think that was interesting, but now like you're casting people who hate the upper East side and I'm like, and they need to show more downtown or this. (laughs) And I'm like, we're here to see, I'm, I'm interested in that. Like it's a bubble. They're showing a bubble. And I think like with Beverly Hills, like, especially when we had like Yolanda, um, which Yolanda was great, but I mean, it was not a real, but it was a lie. I mean, it's called Beverly Hills, but it went Pasadena. She's in Malibu. Yeah. Uh, Rena lives in Encino. I mean, it was like bizarre. It, it was like only one person at a Beverly Hills address. And 
from Pasadena to Malibu is like 40 miles, an hour and a half in traffic. Yeah. It wasn't a city. It wasn't a real relationship. I mean, Dorit lives in Encino. Too. I, 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 yeah, you know, Dorit, I mean, Kyle. I mean, the fact that we're highlighting Buca de Beppo, which yeah. is like you go from Beppo, which I think to me is still a genius. You love the Buca de Beppo. Oh, I, I know. Mean, it, it means so much to me in an unironic way for some reason, because I think it is the flip side of like what Lisa was trying to do with the circuit. <laughs> and it's just so bizarre. Like you just could never imagine. It's like, it's like if uh, Yolanda wanted to like rearrange an El Torito's, you know? Yeah. Like, makes sense at all and that makes it not making sense makes perfect sense to me you it's kind of like don gunvalson like you said it's just so random yeah. and like low well you could see that's what i think i love about these shows is that you couldn't if you wrote this people would give you notes back going that's too much like what are you and it's like these are really this is really she really did this you know yeah um but uh yeah like you're right it, it was supposed to capture this bubble and we they've spun and I almost believe they need some kind of forensic accountant that works for Bravo where housewives should now provide tax records, where you mm-hmm. live, where, you know, like, let's like, let's is, really is the home owned. Yeah. Like how much cash do you have on hand? Are you, if you're going to be aspirational, let's prove you're truly aspirational. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you know, a uh, fun fact about Erica's cause we were talking about Erica and you know, that special where they talk about the victims talk about who could you go to to report Tom, he knew the bar association. He knew the judges. He knew the police. He got her, her, um, Erica and Yolanda were not friends before the show. He, um, he knew David Foster and he came to Yolanda and he, Tom came to David Foster asking for a favor that Yolanda would introduce Erica, his wife who wants to get famous at any cost, literally. She, he'll provide her the jets, whatever it takes to get on the show. So, you know, that like whole thing, her first season, she's taking Yolanda across country for medical treatments. They, they maybe met once or twice before filming. There was no history between them. Well, and talk about casting. It really is like so eerie to think about what they, but there, I I was talking about that recently too, is that there's like a cottage industry now of people trying to get on these shows. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, there's a lot of people buying houses in Jersey to get on Jersey. You know, it's like, like it's helped the housing market over there, like for these horrible palatial estates. Yeah. Um, But with the, the, the casting, the, the Erica Jane of it all, I just don't, don't understand why these people are so ego driven that Tom did not have the foresight to be like, this is on TV. Like this is a visual account of where I'm spending this money. And I was talking to Dana Wilkie, who was on the, Oh yeah. Yeah. On, and I just, I know, you know, and, and, uh, she, you know, I, I made a point. I think you guys are going to hear that this week where I was like, in retrospect, do you, I mean, you were one of the first saying $25,000 sunglasses, you yeah. put a price tag on something that like we watch these ladies now and we're like, damn, like Erica Jane's on film saying it costs $40,000 a month minimum to put this yeah. Erica Jane character together. Like all of this was potentially admissible. Uh, yeah. Another, uh, what magazine, one of those magazines this week, it came out, you know, uh, Erica's claiming not to do press, whatever. She did an article with one of those fashion magazines for breaking skin? down. Yeah. Almost 2000 a month, I think for skincare. She's not stopping. I, 
but what do you like? I mean, you you really are a student of all of this stuff. What do you think her strategy is? If you could, I mean, what do you think? Because she has to have so many voices around her. Like th- there is a mm. strategy here. What is the strategy? I think she's so confident in herself. She thinks if she just uh, with like enough bravado, she'll barrel through. And these there's going to be a core of people. Like when I go for her. There are always comments. No, she didn't know. She's innocent. Wait for justice. It's very, um, like, I don't want to get political, but Donald Trump and his fans. Yeah. Wait until he's vindicated. Wait till Erica. It all comes out. And I'm like, I think she believes her own hype. And like, it's survive or die at this point. Like, she doesn't have a lot to turn to. I sometimes think when people say, you know, wait until it all comes out, they're really saying, Let's just wait, and I hope it dies out. Yes, yes. You know, exactly. it's like because it's like the Army Hammer stuff. It was like just like okay, all this happened, and then it just silence, and then yeah. like four or five months later, I'm in rehab now, and so like people are kind of like, oh, what were what was he, what was the deal with Army? Oh, mm-hmm. oh, cannibal stuff. Like you know, like people yeah. kind of because we're now in this situation where there is so much pop culture on a daily basis that you do your memory does get hazy if you can yeah. wait it out long enough or the we have so many um, scandals coming at us one after the other, like with the Erica thing, watching that special housewife and hustler, I forgot aspects of it. Cause it had been so many months seen. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a strategy. Hopefully I have always wondered, I don't know with Erica and the way he went on, like you're saying, he put her on TV, all this stuff. I wonder if he thought he'd die before it all came out and then she would just be left. Well, I mean, I think it was, I, mean, I spent so much time thinking of now about like these people that do know they're breaking the law and stealing money, but it seems like, and I was thinking, and this is somebody, somebody I'm sure you might in the back of your head, have your eye on for like future podcasts and stuff is mm-hmm. Randall Emmett is Randall. there is oh, a oh, lawless from, husband. You know, well, because I think there is a certain thing where it's like, I always think of like, oh my God, did they just wake up every day in fear of who they owe what to? But yeah. then I was like, wait a sec. No, I think they wake up every day excited by that. Like they, they, they're like, oh, I'm going to get like, I'm going to find a way to keep, get this, keep this going. It's almost like gambling in a way hmm. where like we found out like Tom was like taking money over here to pay. And I think, and it, Every time we saw Tom, he was upbeat, like, hey, how you doing? Let me tell you a story about John Wayne, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That It was so creepy, too, like, how grandfatherly he was. And then those messages he left. Hey, cool guy. I'm a yeah. good man. I'm hey, don't be you. mad. Don't be mad at me. Come oh, on. that was so on, creepy. Hey, I'm I'm a pretty good guy. You know, take my word. And then and he had voicemails of, like, I have been given the authority to give you some money. Uh, what I'm going to do, they said Friday, but you know, I'm going to wait a week, you know, just so we can make, you know, and he's like, the judge was very taken uh, by your story, uh, really thought you were a very sharp young man. Like he was really just truly lying. Yeah. God, I can't Um, wait for it to get into court. So you, uh, so you do this podcast now uh, called Pretty Corrupt, and mm-hmm. it's with Historic Media. You had you were on another podcast before, but you got offered this deal to start this podcast. What is the overall like? What? How would you? What, what's the thesis statement of the podcast? It's, uh, we call it um, Chat- the Chateau Marmont of pop culture. The Chateau Marmont of podcasts. It's the higher end of pop culture. Like you know, in our mind, like 
forget Lee, forget Lisa Rinna. We're taking you into Kathy Hilton's world, Bel Air, Beverly Hills, um, the scandals, and really the inside of the higher end of these people of the spectrum yeah. that Bravo shows. So, like, is each episode like a D? I know you just did one on Chris Jenner, the momager yeah. stuff, and I was watching clips of that, which, by the way, you can actually watch clips of as well if you follow them on social media. But so is each one like a different uh, a different person that you're you're oh, yeah. we, we take on each each week. We take on a different topic within that circle. Like we had, um, like you said, the uh, the real momagers of Hollywood, which is like Big Kathy, Chris, <laughs> Dina Kathy. Lohan. I just love the name Big Kathy. She's I know, like, like a gangster, you know. <laughs> I think she was kind of. That, <laughs> um, and then, like uh, tomorrow, we have one coming out that is about. Um, it's called the real, uh, the real trust, the real housewives, the trust fund actors. Oh uh, shit! Yeah, people like they're actors, not like Paris Hilton, you know about who are born you have people like ellie kemper uh oh yeah ellie kemper was just recently in the news you guys because she was like the beauty pageant winner of a white supremacist group uh is that Uh, correct and she actually released a statement saying that you know she should have known better but she was young and needed the money i don't know you know oh yeah oh she didn't need the money that's the thing there are actors like her edward norton yeah Um, edward norton is a huge one people don't realize like edward norton you always knew was a rich boy because he studied japanese you know something you don't have to earn anything no nothing at all and then on next week we're doing one on ponzi schemers like uh obviously bernie madoff tom girardi uh the fire festival guy oh uh, so yeah take, billy yeah so we like take you inside that world and shine lights on different uh, facets of it has any have you gotten into trouble for anything that you've talked about i know you've gotten in probably in trouble for things you tweeted about but has there anybody that's reached out in a negative light in the uh, first episode, which was uh, the ultimate Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and it was all of, uh, the level I look at, uh, which is Kathy, uh, Chris, <laughs> Faye, uh, Candy Spelling, oh, and who's like the richest of them all, and then uh, Brenda Ritchie, who is uh, Nicole Ritchie's mom. I got a couple of like texts, like, can you please stop saying that about I won't say who, but like, oh my god! And I was like, well, at least they're. I was thrilled because I was like, that means they're listening. These people and like, I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, you. Well, I mean, I. I mean, have you? Has there ever been a time, even on Twitter or like that, any interaction that has given you pause or scared you to a degree? Like, I've, I've, I've had my butt clenched a couple times when I've like, oh shit, this person saw this you know, that I was yeah. making fun of or something. And uh, has that ever happened to you or do you always find it kind of- There amazing? have been a couple of times I have taken things down where I realized it was meaner than it was funny. Cause I never intend to be cruel to these people. If anything, I think it's like, I'm, I'm showcasing them even if I think they're ridiculous. Uh, but there have been times where like I've gotten DMs from not necessarily them, but like their rep, reps- and they're like, this was really like off base. I've never been threatened with a lawsuit yet, but there's still time. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The podcast is young. Yeah. 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 Um, so what so we got the podcast going, which by the way, you guys go subscribe. Like I said, pretty corrupt. Uh, you know, he said that beautifully. That is something that th- that is a specific market, but at the same time, it ties into everything that we love. Uh obviously he's not gonna be covering the Aaron Carter Lamar Odom celebrity match like I will, because that's yeah. the lower <laughs> side of Hollywood. Uh, but you really do know your stuff. What is your what is your background though? Like how did you come up in all of this? Uh, you know, I work at, I, I went to UCL. I was born and raised in LA of the Valley, most of it. Um, and I went to UCLA and I, I work at UCLA now too, besides podcasting and social media. Wait, what do you, and, what do you do? Uh, I'm in administration, actually. <laughs> I'm in academic administration. <laughs> they, uh, I, I don't know if they're going to put that one on my professional <laughs> school page, but I've always been surrounded by it and fascinated by it. I mean, when I was seven years old, you know, like the O.J. Simpson car chase, yeah. it started at uh, Robert Kardashian's house in Encino. My grandma lived down the street in Encino, and I was watching in her den live the car chase like i've always been into this kind of stuff and kind of on the fringes or surrounded by these kind of uh rich or famous people oh my god have you done an oj episode yet we've touched on it because i mean it really is i mean like you said earlier it is that kind of touchstone where everything branches off of and i was in arizona at that time i remember as a kid and it really was that thing where pop culture I remember was forever changed with that Mm. Bronco chase. And then we were, you know, inundated with these trials. I mean, to the fact where he did like, he hired actors to, they couldn't have cameras in the courtroom for the second trial and they hired actors to read the transcripts. And it was a daily show where the actors would reenact the court transcripts. Mm. There was somebody cast as OJ, somebody, it was so bizarre and it really did touch everything. And it, I think opened up, celebrity in a different way yeah that one event and look and look at what it led to uh from oj we had his lawyer robert kardashian whose ex-wife and daughter who we just saw recently as hologram robert kardashian yeah (laughs) that was amazing i want to do oj the oj trial justice and i'm hoping we'll see but i'm really holding out i'd like to have Faye as a guest for it Faye now. I I do like these ladies do. I mean, like they, they're not idiots and they, they have such a good story to tell if they can Mm. get past their own egos. I mean, I think that they have so much good things. If they can have the right person like you leading them into things. Yeah. It's like a very guarded world. I have to say a very guarded circle. Cause I mean, they have a lot, they don't want to be made fools of. And I understand that. But then so why I'm be on TV on like that? I mean, like, that's what I don't get. Like, if if the goals should not be made fun of, don't give people reasons. Like, don't put your life out there on TV, you know? Yeah, especially, like you were saying, if you can afford not to, like Bethany or Kathy. But have it's you, hard. Have you ever considered doing a uh, behind-the-scenes of the making of the new Halloween movie? And seemed like <laughs> a lot of uh, very unsafe uh, safety measures on set. Kyle broke her whole face on set yeah. and, and they made her get bangs on that set as well. What and, was more uh, traumatic? <laughs> Do you think it was the broken nose or those bangs we had to deal with? I was season? like, I still, I was like, wait a sec. You're using I, the first episode of this season. She brought up the Halloween thing and she had to get a nose. Show. I was like, that movie was filmed two years ago. Like, wait, you're still suffering from nose mm-hmm. damage from Halloween. It's like bizarre. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, so uh, we got Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Uh, Bravo as a whole, where do you see them headed at this point? If you were a predictor, I always think about will Bravo withstand the test of time as we see all of these other streaming services and reality shows getting into play yeah. and beating uh, I mean, Bravo in the ratings a lot of the times? Yeah, I mean, I think with Peacock, they are trying to transition Bravo because some of these shows just can't hold a time slot the way they used to. It's not must-see TV. And so, like, with Peacock, they're giving us, like, fringe shows like Vanderpump Dogs or, like, things that really probably won't garner, like, $2 million per episode ratings. But it's content. And they it's can content. It I think Bravo's more content-focused now than blockbuster shows. Because like you said earlier, too, we see so much of it on social media long before the show airs. So it's not as riveting. Like, yeah. we know what's going to happen. I mean, that's what I just want to, I keep wanting to pitch Bravo event. It's just like, let us podcasters and all that do a weekly roundup of like the social media lives of Bravo. Each yeah. Week. Like just say, you know, like a people's couch of social media or something yeah. like that, because you're, I feel like it's such a missed opportunity. If they, these housewives and all these reality stars are going to pop off and you're not capitalizing on that, you're letting the game run away from you. You know, social media is where it's at. I mean, for bra it's so fueled by it and they really need to find a way to harness it like you said a, a social media roundup or something because it's part of the show yeah um as we wrap up just to remind people can you uh let us know uh or remind us of vicky gunvalson's reactions to dawn on uh social media uh, of course i'm gonna make them a christmas card maybe i'll print them on a t-shirt and send it to you in all caps and you could hear her screaming voice as she reads it this is not the real don <laughs> wait and have you ever have you ever talked to the real don gunvalson you know i reached out to him i i try tracking him down i have vicky's number but i'm not going to call her because i don't think she wants to hear from me do you uh, want me to do it for you <laughs> <laughs> no well i the reason i was like i should call her this would triple piss her off i'm gonna call her tell her who i am and what i've done and hey no uh, i don't really care about, about you vicky could you give me don's real number <laughs> like, <laughs> but i called a few of his listed numbers that were given to me and um wrong numbers so i'm gonna find him I'd i, I think that would be a him. really great mini documentary yeah of like the, the face-to-face that you've always wanted you know <laughs> he left that marriage he wanted to leave that show behind but i've kind of built him into a little like uh folk hero if you ever meet him though i want you to wear like the hawaiian shirt i want you to dress like him with like some oakley's a hawaiian shirt <laughs> the flip-flops have a corona so it's like two of you guys sitting across from each other totally i'll get one of those what are the shirts those guys are tommy bahama like, <laughs> yes exactly uh, that's what he the, he he is the uh he is island living at all times yeah. you know yeah <laughs> Um, you guys, the podcast is called Pretty Corrupt. I will say it again. It is definitely worth listening to. He is a genius. The people he have on, he has on are great. I think I'm going to come on for an episode eventually as well. Yes, you are. We um, want to have you. We so, have a good one planned. With yeah, you. no, I'm excited about that. But you guys know him. You love him. He really is a cornerstone of everything that we love. So go support his podcast. Hopefully he'll come on again uh, many times in the future because, you know, you could just go on for hours. Um, is there anything else that we're forgetting? Yeah, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Do you want to promote UCLA? Do you want to like? I don't think I don't think UCLA wants me to promote them. (laughs) Wait, you guys are on TikTok? 
Yeah, yeah, we what just started. What the hell do you put on, on TikTok? TikTok? Are you doing what are you doing on TikTok? What do you met? You just put your video clips up? Yeah, pretty video clips, gifts. Like I, I don't really understand. I don't understand TikTok. TikTok. It's so scary. I, I was just like, I don't get it, but I was told it's something I had to do. So I don't think I'm very good at it, but we'll figure it out. Okay, well, Jordan Ross Myers is the man. Uh, Don Gunvalson, Lee Radswill are the Twitter accounts. Pretty Corrupt is the podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you very soon. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, dude. Have a good one. Bye. Betches.